0: Welcome to the uplifting podcast. Today, my guest is Anna Perez, who is an international elite powerlifter, entrepreneur, and graphic designer. But what's most inspiring about Anna is her story of perseverance and overcoming tremendous adversity. We talk about her experience with drug addiction, finding out she was adopted at age 12, being sexually abused, and what it was like growing up feeling like she didn't have a voice. We discuss how she was able to completely transform her life through sharing her story and how powerlifting helped her to develop both outer and, most importantly, inner mental strength. So let's get into the episode. Hey, y'all, it's Randy. There is a trigger warning for this episode. If you are listening to this episode and you feel triggered, please just go ahead and skip forward to the next incredible episode. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to the Uplifting Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Lee, and I'm a business mindset coach, public speaker, world record holder, powerlifter, and self love advocate. I believe that there is so much power in owning and sharing our story, which is why on this podcast, I interview other powerful women about the challenges that they have overcome to be where they are today. My goal for this podcast is to create a safe space for all women to share their real, raw and mostly unedited stories that will leave you empowered to live more authentically, openly and freely. If you're looking to up-level your happiness, success, and fulfillment, then you've come to the right place. Look at this podcast as your weekly dose of personal development and mindset work to help you shift into your most uplifted self. Thank you so much for pressing play today, and now let's find out what's uplifting you today. Welcome to the Uplifting Podcast. Today we have Anna Perez, and Anna is an international elite powerlifter from the Washington, D.C. area. She is an entrepreneur and has built a successful business as a self-taught web developer and graphic designer. Anna is a survivor of addiction and PTSD and uses her platform to share her story and spread awareness on overcoming adversity through mental strength. She has been featured on the front page of the Washington Post and several other podcasts. She's also my friend who I can't wait to finally hug in person in April. So welcome, Anna. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. So I just want to like dive right into your story. And if you could just share with my listeners, you know, a little bit about yourself and what got you to where you are today today. And what made you so passionate about sharing your story and helping others overcome adversity?
1: Okay. Um, well, I mean, basically to kind of sum things up, uh, my story's pretty crazy, but I'll just kind of start from really what, what brought me here. So uh, really from day one, uh, I was faced with adversity right out the womb. My biological mother, she was a drug addict. Uh, so she used during her pregnancy with me. And so therefore, I was born actually addicted to crack cocaine and heroin, and I dealt with physical withdrawals as a newborn baby. Um, So my biological mother, she decided that she was going to continue using drugs when we were released from the hospital. And um, from what I understand, she lived in the projects. And so she sold me to um, a random neighbor in exchange for drug money, and she fled the state. She was never found again. So yeah, so that family, obviously, they're like, Oh, we have this baby that this drug addict just basically forced on us. Uh, So What do we do? So of course, of course, they called, you know, authorities, police and everything, you know, uh, they got involved. And uh, so what they did was they contacted um, uh, child services. And so I was taken uh, to child services. And at the time, uh, they contacted a, a foster family when I was about this. I was about two months old when all this happened. Um, and thankfully that foster family actually adopted me uh, like pretty much right then and there. So that doesn't really happen very often um, in situations like this when you're adopted. I have two other siblings that uh weren't so lucky as me as, you know, getting adopted right away, they bounced around from family to family, and they dealt with a lot of, uh, you know, abuse and things uh, dealing with that. So I was really fortunate to be adopted. Um, But, you know, as time went on, uh, my parents actually divorced when I was five. Um, So that affected me a lot more than I realized at the time. Um, Because after my divorce, after the divorce, um, around the age of like, Ten, I want to say, um, I was sexually abused, and I never spoke up about it. Um, and this was by um, the person that my mom ended up like her boyfriend at the time. So that was like happening, you know, on a regular basis, and I never spoke up about it. Um, and this continued happening uh, at various stages in my life, um, and I was just really silenced by the whole thing. So you can imagine that, you know, dealing with all these things without really having a healthy outlet. I was unable to really process my emotions or speak. Um, so long story short is I turned to drug abuse in my early teens and it continued for almost uh, two decades. And so really that kind of sums up what, what brought me here today. Like those were kind of like the, the main turning points in my life. Um, and so I, you know, I got into, uh, actually the first thing I got into was yoga. And yoga really helped me kind of make just peace with myself, I think. It was like a a way to just forget and just detach. Um, so I really found a lot of strength through just meditation. Um, I think that was a big thing for me. Um, and then I got into powerlifting about four years ago. Um, and I think powerlifting to me, um, it's just, it's deeper than just being jacked and lifting a ton of weight. Like for me, that's kind of more of a bonus to the real benefit of it, which was, In the end, finding myself, gaining confidence and courage. And if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have the mental strength to deal with my past and be here talking to you right now.
0: Wow, that's so amazing. I mean, you know, we all have our own stories. And, you know, even though I haven't been through what you've been through, I can just see so many parallels in just in terms of, you know, our voice being silenced and i think so many women experience that throughout their lives you know not feeling like they have a voice or that they can speak up so how did you find your your voice and you know to now be sharing your story so openly and so powerfully
1: i think it really just started with initially well learning to learning to to talk you know i like i said with especially with my past of just really burying all of those feelings and back-burnering them and just escaping with, you know, drug abuse or, you know, drinking, anything like that. I just did anything to escape those feelings. And it wasn't until I, you know, made up my mind that I wasn't going to use anymore and, you know, talking about what brought me to use and having to really think back on all those things that happened to me in my past, um, It's like I started to connect with other people that were in the same boat as me, other, you know, recovering addicts, for example, that all dealt with very similar things. And so I noticed that I wasn't really alone. And I feel like that gave me a lot of strength to share my story. And so it really started with me just learning how to talk and talking with just, like, people one-on-one. Never did I think that I would share my story to the world and, and talk about it, but it's actually been really therapeutic for me to do that because so many people out there, they're, they're They now tell me that they deal with the same thing. They didn't know that other people dealt with it and that they don't feel like they're alone. So that's, that's really awesome for me. I think that helped me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know that that's helped me as well as just, I think that when we share our story and we realize that we're not alone, it releases that shame that we felt around those dark parts of our story. And that shame, I think, is what keeps us silenced. Yeah,
1: because, you know, one thing that I learned from somebody is that when you speak something out there into existence, you take away its power, you know? And I think that's what, you know, was really weighing heavy on me all of those years. Like, I mean, I'm 35 years old now, so, like, really, my entire life, up until very recently— those things weighed heavy on me so much. And they had so much control and so much power over me. And it wasn't until I started talking about it and no longer being silenced by those things that suddenly I started to feel stronger, you know, mentally, like those things weren't the, you know, the giant issues that they were at the time in my head that warranted me hurting myself and isolating myself and all those things. So There's definitely some truth to that, that when you start to speak things into existence, you take away its power.
0: Yeah, definitely. I know that that was really the first step for me was in releasing that shame and then allowing myself to redefine what I really wanted to have in my life and wanted to accomplish because before I was just so stuck in living in the past and what had happened in my past and allowing that to define me, right? And like, I couldn't ever move forward because I was continuing these cycles and it wasn't until I was able to really release that that things started to shift in my life.
1: Yeah, because if you don't, they essentially, they cripple you. That's what they do. You know, they take so much control over you that in the end, you're just crippled by these things and then you become a prisoner and you end up isolating yourself and you miss out on so many things in life. Um, You know, you, you basically, if you let it control you, it can be, you know, it can really be detrimental.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of times things that happen in our past, it's hard because we are stuck in this victim mentality. And while a lot of times we're not necessarily responsible for what happened. We have to take responsibility for moving on and letting go and and not allowing those, those things in our lives to define our future. And I mean, you're just such a beautiful example of that because, I mean, look at all, I mean, from literally birth, like having this adversity and being able to not allow that to define what you've become, I think that that just shows that if you can do it, like, I mean, anybody can do it.
1: Exactly, and that's the thing is that there really isn't a magic, you know, book out there that's going to help you or anything like that. It really is all about just that mental toughness to overcome those adversities and not not be victimized by them.
0: Yeah, so how did you start to build that mental toughness and that mental strength from everything that you had been through?
1: Um, Well... I mean, so other than talking to people about it, um, one of the things that started to help me was when I got into powerlifting, really, Um, like I kind of touched on it earlier, that it wasn't, it did so much for me, um, other than just making me physically strong. Um, I think that pretty much my whole life, um, other things that I would try to commit to, I would never commit 100%. It's like I would always do something and I would chicken out when it was time to show up. And powerlifting was the first uh, thing in my life that I really fell in love with that just gave me, I don't know what it was about just being under that bar, but it just changed me. Like it just did something for me. And, you know, I, I just kept showing up. And so what gave me the strength was getting that confidence of like, I think that it kind of, like not being afraid of the weight and those like anxieties that come with it. I kind of feel like they also made me emotionally um, stronger to face certain things in my life as well. So I was able to just kind of deal with things just, you know, head on. And that's kind of how, like, I think it helped me overcome things.
0: Yeah, I can absolutely relate to that. I know that powerlifting definitely has given me strength because I can see so many parallels between, you know, when we're going up to a big lift and that fear that you, that unknown, right. I was actually talking to um, my, my teammate about this. It's like, you know, the squat, it's kind of like, you're just, you know, free falling, like just taking that free dive and you just got to jump, you know, and it's really that unknown. But when you do that and you see, Hey, I can overcome this fear of the unknown this, you know, push my body to these incredible limits, it can really transfer to so many different areas of your life because, I mean, that's what we face on a daily basis in, you know, trying to achieve our goals in business or in relationships in anything. It's that fear that we are always going to face. It's how do we, how do we work through that fear? Because it's always going to be there, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, you said it perfectly. That's exactly how
1: it helped me was I just knew that if I could overcome that, especially um, I also deal with social anxiety. So the idea of, like I said before, I would always chicken out of other things, but powerlifting, I was like, Oh my God, I have to get in front of all these people. I'm like the only one on the platform and they're all going to be staring at me. And like, I'm letting myself like, you know, basically psych myself out of things. And at that point you just have to be like, you know, no, like we're doing this. So it's almost like you constantly have to be a step ahead of those fears and anxieties and just put your foot down mentally, so to speak, and be like, no, like I'm not no bitch. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do this. And it helped me. Like, I just, I knew like if I could get out there and if I could get in front of those people and if I could overcome that, then anything outside of that platform was no longer an issue and that's just kind of my approach to everything like if you can do this you can do
0: anything yeah absolutely because otherwise if we allow those fears to control us i mean we're just going to stay stuck where we're at we're just never we're never going to be able to achieve those big goals or dreams on or off the platform exactly so you know i kind of want to go back to you said something earlier about you know, in your addiction, when you decided to just stop using, was there like a moment or something that happened that really made you like wake up and see that you needed to make a change in your life?
1: Yeah. Um, I would say those, I had a couple of those moments and then the, like, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back basically was just ultimately hitting rock bottom, you know, like I lost everything that I had over my addiction. So, you know, things that I said that I would never do, I did. So my prized possessions, you know, traded them in for drugs. Like, I mean, friendships, family members, you know, lies, stealing, everything. Um, All of those things just kind of, you know, eventually uh, made me realize that I had lost everything that I had, you know, and I knew that I needed to change my life. Otherwise, the only option for me at that point was, you know, probably death or, you know, doing time or something, you know, horrible that I, you know, would never want to experience. And I'm lucky to be here today, um, you know, when I think back to some of those times. So I would say, yeah, just hitting rock bottom was just enough.
0: Yeah, I think that I've heard that so often is like, you kind of have to have that rock bottom moment. And, you know, I, I, I'm so passionate about helping women because I feel that so many women aren't at rock bottom yet, but they're still not living to their fullest potential. And I really don't believe that you need to have that rock bottom moment, that breakdown moment in order for you to have a breakthrough. But if you are going to have that breakdown moment, you might as well break through, right? Yeah.
1: And it was pretty much that. It was like, okay, like, Uh, This uh, ship is obviously sinking. Um, I don't know how to swim, but I'm going to get out there and I'm going to do it and I'm going to start over. Um, So really just, I literally upped and moved everything that I had. I just moved um, originally from uh, Connecticut. So I moved from Connecticut to uh, Northern Virginia, which is right outside of Washington, D.C. Moved here, no friends, no family, nothing, and just kind of started over. it was really scary to just take that risk, you know?
0: Oh my God. Yeah. I can, I can totally imagine. I mean, when I moved to Hawaii, it was, it was a similar experience. My family was out here, but I mean, I didn't know anybody else and I was moving from Arizona and it was to get away from a bad relationship. And I really had to like, just completely change my environment Otherwise, I knew I was just going to keep on repeating those same behaviors. So I think that a lot of times when we make big changes in our lives, we have to make sure that we have those environments that are supporting us.
1: Yeah. And, you know, like I said earlier, like how we were talking about how those things apply to everything else in life. So it wasn't just that that shift that I did just only affected my, you know, overcoming addiction. It's, it also happened in other areas of my life, Um, you know, like with employment, you know, I worked as a government contractor. And so a lot of those contracts were bought out by uh, bigger companies. And so I was left without a job. And honestly, I was just tired of, of that. I was like, you know, I'm not going to keep, you know, busting my ass and doing all these things just to have someone literally tell me, hey, you don't have a job anymore. So I decided to take matters into my own hands, you know, which is why now I'm my own boss. And I do that because I'm in control of my own destiny. You know, I control waking up every day, and putting in the work. And I know that as long as I do the work, then I'm going to be set. No, there's nobody that's going to be there to tell me that I don't have a job anymore. You know, and I taught myself a lot of the skills that I had, I taught myself because I knew that that's, you know, that's what I needed to do to get to where I'm at. So.
0: Yeah, that's so empowering. I think that too often we don't realize that we have that power in our own hands to create our own destiny. And we give that power to other people, you know, and we're waiting for other people to, you know, make us happy or give us that dream job or whatever it might be when it's like, that's, it all comes from within us first. Yeah,
1: exactly. And you, I feel that once you kind of break through that mental barrier and you take those risks, I just feel that things start to pay off even like more than I ever dreamed. You know, I have so many amazing things and I met so many amazing people through just, you know, what I do now professionally and even through powerlifting and all these things that I was so scared to take a a risk in doing. And, you know, it's turned out to be really awesome. So I mean it's definitely scary, but I think that the, you know, the greater the risk, the greater the reward, you know.
0: Yeah, I always say that there's so much more waiting for you on the other side of fear because I think that fear tries to keep us safe. It tries to keep us, you know, of course it plays its purpose, but it can also keep us blocked from experiencing really so many incredible life experiences. Definitely. So what from, you know, everything that has kind of happened in your life, I really believe that we can choose the meaning that it, that it serves in our lives. So what would you say are like the lessons or the meaning that you have assigned to, you know, everything that's happened in your past? Uh,
1: I'd say, I mean, to sum it up in one word, um, I have the words persevere uh, tattooed on myself, um, because I think that that really sums up everything Uh, It sums up what it takes mentally to overcome any obstacle. You know, and some days I need a reminder of that, you know, because it's easy to play the victim. It's uh, easy to escape and drink and use drugs or whatever. Uh, It's easy to stay in bed and hide from the world. It's easy to just stay sleeping, you know, in every sense of the word. You know, what's not easy is showing up even when you don't want to you know, so it's like that one day at a time, one step at a time. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've wanted to quit, you know, but I think that there's just something within me, Um, you know, this fire, um, that drive, that hunger, um, and it just won't let me back down. So, you know, I've had to channel that. And I just, I encourage everyone to just find that fire within. And I really think that that's, that's the secret. That's what sums up everything for me is just perseverance.
0: And how have you been able to discover that fire within you and that perseverance? Like, was it always kind of there, or have you had to do something to strengthen that within you?
1: I think it was really, it was always there. You know, there were just always these instances in my life, including, I mean, you know, not to keep bringing up my past with, you know, addiction and abuse and all that stuff, but a lot of people don't make it out of those situations. You know, a lot of people they fall victim to it and, you know, it consumes them. And some people unfortunately die, you know, as a result. I mean, that's just the reality. So I think that it takes a certain fire within you to know that you're, that you're better than that, that you can overcome that. And that you can, you can change right now if you want to. Um, So I think that that was always there because if it wasn't, there were plenty of opportunities that, you know, I could have very well lost my life or, ended up behind bars or you know whatever um but it's because i knew that like i was still going in that direction out oh, i was still trying to find my way out through a lot of darkness it was very hard to see the light but i found it in the end
0: wow that's so powerful cuz you're so right i mean there's so many i mean not even people who people who've been through half as much as what you've gone through and you know just unfortunately those experiences really define them and really define the rest of their lives and they're unable to really move past that. And so I think that resilience, that perseverance that you've had has really allowed you to get to where you are today. So I just want to acknowledge that. That's just so incredible.
1: Thank you. And the thing is, is that everybody really can channel that. And that's the thing is like, I'm not special, you know, I was just aware of those feelings, you know, that I had, you know, that that mindset, but it's possible for anybody to channel that and do it. So that's what the beautiful thing is that, you know, and I think that I see that a lot where, you know, um, in the instance of drug abuse, you know, you see a lot of families, they try to do interventions and do all these things and they try to save somebody. But unless that person is really you know, in tune with themselves and they have that mindset, that determination to make it through that. They're just not ready to help themselves, you know, but it's,
0: it's possible. Yeah, that's so true. We really have to take responsibility over our own lives. Like I see that within my younger sister, like she's really struggling right now and you know, everyone in the family really wants to help her, but I'm like, she's got to want to help herself. Like, you know like i mean i love her i'm here for her whenever she needs me but it's like i i just have to let go of that pressure to try to like force her to get to that point where she wants help like she's got to get to that point on her own
1: yeah and it's it's really hard being on on that side of the fence and just really wanting to help somebody and, you know, you have the right intentions and you you want to help them. And it's so hard to sit there and have to watch. And, you know, even now today, I have a lot of people, you know, in my lifetime that, you know, I just, I think back and I'm like, man, like so many times, like you had all these chances to just, just do it, but you just, you're just not there. And it's sad to watch. And sometimes you just have to, you know, people just have to, like you said, find that, you know, take responsibility and just find it within themselves to want to do it first. Then when you have people in your circle that are a support system for you, it makes it so much easier when you have people uh, behind you. But if you're not willing to do it, and it's not just with uh, drugs, but it's with anything. That's anything in life. If you're not willing to change from any situation, you know, it has to start with you.
0: Yeah, that's so true. Like, it really has to start with you. And then you have to, of course, have that supportive environment and those supportive people in your life. But again, it always just comes back to you have to be ready first to make that change and take responsibility to, you know, of course, maybe you're not responsible for, you know, you know, like, for instance, you, the rape, the, you know, uh, what your mom did to you, like all of these things, it's like, that was not your fault. But you still have to be responsible for, okay, I have to move on from this. I have to like let go. Like I can't allow it to continue to define my life.
1: Yeah, which is what I did as a teenager. I didn't find out that I was adopted until I was 12 years old. So you can imagine that was like, I mean, it just, my entire world was just like, my mind was blown. You know, and the way I found out, I mean, basically, um, I was told by a family member uh, that I was adopted because um, I was, you know, starting to get into trouble and running with the wrong crowd and all that. So they were like, hey, you know, you should um, know that you're adopted and that your mom was a drug addict. And if you don't stop doing what you're doing, you're going to end up just like your biological mom. And at 12 years old, you hear somebody tell you that. And it's like, honestly, that was like... um, I don't know. It was really traumatic
0: for me. Um, Oh my God. I can imagine.
1: Yeah. So, you know, then I started to really feel like an outsider, you know, with my family, I was just kind of like, okay, so this whole time, like you guys have been like keeping this uh, secret from me. And um, I kind of don't really feel like I'm really a part of the family now. And those feelings of like not belonging and isolation and all that kind of started to take, take place with me. And I was just like, okay. Um, that was pretty much the time that I can remember when things really took a shift for the worst. Um, Just having, dealing with those feelings at such a young age and not knowing how to process them.
0: So for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I can absolutely relate to that. Like, I think that that's what's at the root of so many addictions, whether it's, you know, alcohol or drugs or toxic relationships or even, you know, exercise or overworking is, you know, you know, the sense of not belonging. And I know I experienced that when I was growing up because I grew up in a very religious household and I didn't agree with the religion. And I was very like vocal about that. And um, I was kind of like the black sheep of the family. And I just, you know, then I would go to school and I was the fat girl and I, you know, was bigger than all my friends and my family didn't have money. So I wore clothes from, you know, thrift stores and everybody else wore Abercrombie and Fitch and you know I just never felt like I fit in or had a place where I belonged and I think that that's what caused me to start doing drugs and getting into really bad relationships and all of these other things was not having a place to belong.
1: Yeah that I went through the same exact thing and it's like I was just so really misunderstood growing up like my I got bullied so much in school for a lot of the same reasons as you like we didn't have money you know I didn't look cool I didn't have all the brand stuff that all the kids had I wasn't popular with anybody Um, so I you know never got picked in gym class like all that stuff I didn't have anywhere to sit in the cafeteria it was always awkward and like that like anxiety kind of like set on from a very young age and I had so much anxiety so scared of going to school that I refused to go to school. I remember vividly having days where I would lock myself in my bedroom and my dad would be there pounding at the door trying to get me to go to school. And it got so bad, he was calling the guidance counselors from school. And I had all these people showing up at my house trying to get me to go to school and I couldn't vocalize what was wrong. So to them, it just looked like I was just this rebellious, you know, 12 year old that didn't want to go to school and was throwing a temper tantrum, you know, but in reality, that's not what was going on at all, you know, being bullied and all of that. It just, it was, you know, crippling in every sense of the word. Like I just, I didn't know how to speak or process those emotions whatsoever. And so I was really misunderstood a lot by my family. And again, that's kind of like the drugs were just this, You know, a thing in my life that didn't judge me. They were always there. I always belonged. And it was just all those things, that void was filled by that, unfortunately. And it didn't matter if I had any friends, you know, I was just in my own world. And, you know, that can really, it it just took a hold of me um, so bad that it, you know, continued for over two decades in my life. But that's really the feelings that I carried all those years.
0: Yeah. And I think that so many people who are listening to this can relate to that, even if it's not, you know, the exact same story. I think that that's, you know, that's why I started this podcast is because I think there's so much power in sharing our story because we can see so many similarities and really again, like we were talking about before, release that shame that comes with all of these experiences and not feeling like we have a voice and not feeling like we can talk about it and just realizing that so many other people go through these same experiences, have these same emotions, and we're not alone.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's been probably the greatest thing about powerlifting is that, you know, it helped me kind of build, you know, a following and use that platform to, you know, just kind of put it out there, not like, you know, always putting like every detail of my story out there, but just showing like the people that follow me, just see that, you know, I've been through some things and it's possible to overcome. And that's really just my big message that I try to convey out to anybody that knows me, follows me, is that it doesn't matter what, you know, what you went through or what happened to you, like, today is a new day and you can always start fresh and you can always overcome those things, you know, and it's not even just about powerlifting. You just find whatever, whatever works for you. You know, sometimes people just need to feel like they have a purpose in something.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, was powerlifting kind of how you found your purpose or how did you kind of find what your purpose is?
1: I mean, I still think that I'm still finding what that is. You know, I feel like every time I have conversations like this, it kind of solidifies more and more that, um, that I need to be talking more. You know, I need to be connecting more with people and, and sharing these, this story um, and listening to other people's stories. And I think it's kind of, you know, what you, to touch on what you said, that we're, we're not alone. And I think the more relatable I can be to people, um, you know, by sharing and just being really raw and candid about, you know, my life, um, I think it will help a lot of people. So I really think that that's, I'm still in the process of finding what that purpose is, but it's definitely along those lines. Um, You know, I've been told a lot of times, um, I've been working on a book for a while, and I've been told a lot of times that I really need to hurry and write that book because it could help a lot of people. So I mean, I don't really know what the future holds, but I, you know, I I hope to help somebody and, you know, it's all, I think that's all I can ask for.
0: Yeah, I know. I, I really believe that every single person in this, on this world, in this universe is here for a reason and that there are no extra people here and that it really is discovering how we can use our unique gifts, our unique story to serve others because we are all connected. We are all like one. And I think when we find that connection, it's like it really has been what has brought me so much fulfillment in my own life is knowing that I can use just my own story being myself to help and empower other people is like just so life-changing. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's really
1: rewarding. I mean, like I, I, like I said, I don't even know what, what the future holds as far as this, but I mean, I think it would be really cool to just make as many connections with people as possible. And just, you know, some, some of the greatest moments I think for me was um, especially when I was on the Washington post, I had a lot of people reach out to me, uh, and just tell me people that I had been you know, following on Instagram or people that picked up the newspaper and saw me and they found me at the gym and they're like, hey, I saw you on the front page. And they would pull me aside and they would share something with me that they'd never shared with anybody before. They were too afraid to share. And to me, that just blew my mind that like me, just this person, you know, just sharing my story. Managed to touch, you know, that many people enough that they were willing to come to me and share something personal with me. And it's just a really cool way to feel connected to, to people, especially someone like myself, feeling so isolated for so much of my life. So this is like a new, a new thing for me is just that whole experiencing connections with others.
0: And it's such a powerful way to make deeper, more meaningful connections because I think too often nowadays with social media, it's about these superficial things and it's not really about making meaningful connection. But when you really open up and share your story, I mean, that's how like you get, like you said, people coming up to you and like, oh my God, like sharing these things that they've never told anybody else because you create the safe space by just you showing your vulnerability.
1: Yeah. And at first, like I said, it was incredibly risky for me because the Washington Post is, you know, it's huge. So it's like once that's out there, it's out there. And so, you know, I actually didn't really think too hard about it, to be honest. Like, you know, someone like me that was initially very private and just kind of kept everything on the back burner and just never even spoke of that. So I was essentially living a double life, you know, like, being this persona and like not acknowledging all those things about me, people are just kind of like left there. Like, what is go Like what is going on with you? I feel like I don't really know you, you know, like there's something about you, but I don't know. And so I didn't really think too hard about it when I uh, shared my story um, and it was on the Washington post. I was like, you know, it's risky to put that information out there. Um, but at the same time, that's who I am. Like, that's me, that's my story, and no one can take that from me, and I am where I am today because of those experiences. So I'm not ashamed of them anymore because I overcame a lot of things that are huge. Like, I should be dead. So the fact that I'm standing here today and talking about it and able to overcome those things, yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to share that, you know? So it's definitely giving me, it's helped me be confident about my past because before it was just... I looked at it as something really embarrassing and something that I should probably never talk about because people are just going to judge me and, you know, whatever other excuses my, my mind would come up with at the time, but that's not me anymore.
0: And did you notice that when you started to share those things that you were able to connect with people on a deeper level? Cause I know you said like for a while, it was kind of like you were living a double life, right? Like this one person, but then like you had this past that you weren't really talking about, like how did that shift how you felt about yourself once you were open and started to share that more freely?
1: Yeah. I mean, getting in touch with those feelings and all of those things that happened definitely. Um, I think they opened up a lot Um feelings that I was just kind of harboring and holding on to. So it helped me be in touch with myself. Like, I think that was the first time I really knew who I really was because, like, I spent all of that time trying to be something that I wasn't. And so finally, you know, coming to terms with my past, who I am and, you know, all of those things, um, when I started connecting with other people, I definitely made me more compassionate to the things that they were telling me like I felt them you know it's just like a lot of empathy I was like you know I really feel what you're going through because for the first time I'm allowing myself to feel what Mm. I went through so it was definitely a major shift with that so
0: yeah yeah that's I think that's an important point is like really allowing ourselves to feel those emotions increases our empathy to when somebody else is going through something, we can really feel what they're feeling. Cause I believe that that's kind of one of my superpowers is that I can really, even though I may not be going through what somebody's going through because I allow myself to feel things so deeply, I can just like put myself in like that person's shoes and be like, Oh my God like I can just empathize with them. But again, I think it comes back to, like you said, we have to first feel those emotions. Otherwise, how can we connect with other people if we're not in touch with our own emotions?
1: Exactly. And it's the exact reason why I struggled so much with, uh, you know, friendships, relationships, um, or just in general, you know, just connecting with anybody because I just, I couldn't. And, you know, How can I when I'm not even in touch with myself and I'm just kind of like on autopilot going through life, you know, so it's definitely um, You know, I definitely see it as a a blessing that all this happened and I was able to do that because it's liberating like I essentially freed myself from this prison these walls that I had built up for myself all this time. Um, And then now, you know, I'm just like incredibly sensitive and, you know, emotional and all of that. But, you know, it's okay, because I didn't feel that my whole life. So it's, it's, I think it's really cool to have those feelings and then to be able to share those feelings with somebody else or to be able to understand when somebody, you know, is feeling some type of way you can, uh, you know, you have that empathy and you can really connect with them. And again, sometimes people just need to know that and they need to feel that. So.
0: Yeah, that's so powerful. Well, this has been, like, such a great conversation. So before my last question, I'm just wondering if there's anything that you wish maybe I would have asked you or would have talked about or, like, a final m- message you would like to leave with my listeners.
1: Um, well, one thing that I'd like to just kind of briefly chat is about the PTSD thing, because I think a lot mm, of people yes. need to have a little bit of awareness about that. Um, you know, I just want people to know that, you know, PTSD, you know, it's a post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, So it's a mental disorder and it's uh, essentially the result of exposure to traumatic events. Um, So I was diagnosed with it um, in my mid-20s. And since then, uh, being diagnosed with that also has helped me make a better connection with myself and to make peace with a lot of the things that happened to me. Um, In my experience, um, I think it's very misunderstood I think it's uh, misdiagnosed sometimes because it can mirror a lot of symptoms of having severe anxiety. Um, I think a lot of people associate it with like soldiers being affected, um, you know, from trauma by being in war, uh, which is, you know, it happens, but the reality is that it can affect anybody. Trauma doesn't discriminate. So I just want people to be aware of, of that and that it's, you know, often misunderstood, but it's a very serious um, mental disorder
0: yeah that's thank you so much. I know we definitely wanted to touch on that. so um, maybe you can explain a little bit more about how that manifested in your life because like you said, it's often misdiagnosed. So how did you really start to see it coming up in your life that you sought help for it?
1: Um, really since uh, since I was very young, um, you know, like I said in the very beginning, when I was born, I was born addicted to drugs. And so uh, my, my, my mom that adopted me told me that um, basically all the medical professionals that she was dealing with at the time said, Hey, there's a lot of risks with this. You know, we don't know mentally what could happen. And physically the baby looks okay, but she's like two months old. So we don't know what could be a result of all these things. So my mom just kind of had that in the back of her mind. And as I was you know growing up, I would have a lot of, you know, just a lot of violent rage, like, like extreme temper tantrums and just anger management issues all throughout my entire life. Um, I had issues with, you know, sleeping, you know, insomnia, anxiety, um, and especially when things started happening as I got older with the sexual abuse. Um, That's a big thing. A lot of women out there that um, deal with that also suffer from some type of, you know, trauma, PTSD from experiences like that, um, and oftentimes they don't know where all those feelings are coming from, um, but that's really, that's really it, it's just that trauma, and you're just holding on to it, so throughout my whole life, um, I just kind of had a glimpse, a glimpse of that here and there, and it wasn't until, like I said, in my 20s when I decided for the first time to seek professional help, and I just basically, the first time I went to therapy, I remember my therapist said, so why are you here? And I just sat there and I looked at her and all I did was cry for an hour. I didn't even say a single word. It was just her asking me those questions. Why, why are you here? Just like opened up just the floodgates of emotions and I couldn't even put them into words. So I had that much pain that I was carrying. Um, And so after a few sessions, we started talking more. I was able to go in there and do more than just cry. I would tell her about things um, that happened in my life and, that's when she uh, had clinically diagnosed me with it. And I was really shocked because like I said, a lot of people think that it's really just people that were in war, you know, that that's kind of like what really brought PTSD, that's the association with it, but it's so much more than that.
0: Wow, thank you so much for sharing that. I think, I mean, that definitely clarified a lot of misconceptions I've had, because like you said, we always hear about it in relationship to people, you know, who have been to war or, you know, things like that. But I think that sexual assault victims, like you said, there's so much trauma that goes into that that I mean, of course there's going to be some, you know, post traumatic stress that comes along with that, but it's not really talked about.
1: Yeah, it's not. And so a lot of those things just kind of get swept under the rug or even something like a, a bad car accident can give somebody PTSD. Mm. If you survive a car accident, there could be times that you- Oh my God, I can to...
0: relate to that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've been in a couple and I have difficulty being a passenger in a car um, just mm. because things that happen to me, I, it's like, it just, that they're not necessarily visual flashbacks, but it's a feeling that comes yeah. over me that just gives me this anxiety and it's difficult to just be a passenger in a car. So you'd be surprised the way that it can manifest itself it's not just, you know, the the norm, the things that we think it is. It's so much more. So uh, that's why I think it's, you know, it's important that if people are feeling that way or, you know, they've had in uh, instances in their life where they've experienced some sort of trauma, you know, it would be good, I think, for a lot of people to just be more aware of it. And you never know, like sometimes, you know, diving deeper into that, it could help you find some answers for things that can help you make peace with certain things that happened in your past.
0: Yeah. Just having that awareness that you might be experiencing something like this, I think can give you a lot of freedom, right. From the suffering that is brought on by, from it, just having that awareness that, Hey, okay, this is what's going on for me. It's, you know, and there's, and there's something that I can do about it. Right. Like we can't really do anything about it if we aren't, talking about it and we're not aware of what's really going on for us. Exactly.
1: And I think that kind of falls into the whole of feeling like you might be the only one feeling this way. You know, like I Mm. me growing up, I just always knew I I was like, you know, I just have issues. You know, like I don't know why I get so angry all the time. I don't know why I can't sleep. I don't know why I'm depressed. Why do I have social anxiety? Like, you know, I'm a head case, like I'm a mess. And then you start to really you just like start talking down to yourself like you just you're not you just don't feel like you're normal you know and it's not even you know getting to
0: the root of it right and really like figuring out where these things are coming from
1: yeah and so it takes a lot of digging deep and it's scary because you know you have to sometimes uh open up which is hard to do for a lot of people including myself and just to be vulnerable again especially when you've been hurt so many times and you've dealt with so much trauma, it's easy for you to just put up a wall and to not let anybody in. But I'm telling you that, you know, if you can just, you know, take that risk, you know, and just find, find someone, you know, or something that allows you to be vulnerable, it can really change your life.
0: Yeah. And I know that sometimes it can be so difficult because we have to, especially if you've had trauma in your life, we have to, kind of re-experience those things and re-feel those things. And a lot of times that happens because we have suppressed those feelings or numbed those feelings and not really allowed ourselves to work through them instead. And so they're going to come up. And I think that that's a lot of times what prevents people from actually working through it and actually going down that path to healing your trauma because It's fucking hard. Like, it's not easy. It's painful. But the alternative is just staying stuck in the past, stuck stuck in that victim mentality, or working through it so that you can let go and start to create the life you really want.
1: Exactly. Because like I said before, it's very easy to, you know, just look the other way and just put those things aside and keep on going. That's why I said earlier, it's easy to, stay sleeping. You know, you're just, you're just asleep your whole life. And you, you know, you don't really live. And it's easy to do that.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'm so glad that we touched on that because that's really powerful. So the last question that I like to ask uh, all of all of my guests is, you know, I think that it's really important other than just talking about all these things that we actually start to take action in our lives. So what are three action steps that you can give my listeners to help them start uplifting their lives today?
1: Um, I would say number one is to just, just show up. You know, the number one thing is, you know, you're going to have days where you don't feel like you're going to, that you want to do something. You don't feel like getting up out of bed, but the greatest days that I've ever had are those times when I don't feel um, like doing something and I do it so I think number one is you just have to show up um, and number two is you know be vulnerable you know it's it's okay to let your guard down and be vulnerable and uh, find someone or something that allows you to feel that and be in touch with yourself. Um, And then number three is, um, I think you just have to channel that fire that's within you, like I said. So find something that makes you passionate and just go for it.
0: That's amazing. I love it. So how can my listeners connect with you and follow you and learn more about you? Uh, Best way
1: to learn more about me and follow me is through uh, Instagram. So it's Anna Smash. So it's A-N-A and then Smash, like Hulk.
0: (laughs) Yes. And we'll put that in the show notes. So thank you so much. I know that this is going to be such a powerful episode for all of my listeners. Well, thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you so much for sharing a piece of your day with me. If you love this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss one. If this episode really resonated with you, it would mean so much to me if you screenshot and share it with your friends and family or share it on your Instagram story. You can also rate and review the podcast on iTunes, which helps me spread the message and get the podcast heard by more people. For more self-love and powerlifting inspiration, come follow me on Instagram or join my private Facebook group, Self Love School. The links are in the show notes and until next time, stay uplifted.